0: guys' heads are at and that's definitely in alignment where I'm at, you know, the and the the humor on top of that where um one of the spiritualities I'm real into is a Course of Miracles. I don't know if anybody's ever studied that at all, but big long book, super thick. It's like two or three Bibles put together. But at the end of it it says our biggest problem was we forgot not to laugh.
1: Son of a bitch is that so right. If you don't mind, I want to introduce Go you ahead, coming please. in right off of that. <laughs> Today, we have a special yeah, guest who will inspire and motivate us all. Please welcome Joe Lagavon. Did I get that? Lagavon. L- L- I already, I asked it earlier. Yes, sir. does. Damn good. Yeah. yeah. Real estate investor, business owner, father, mindset, life transformation coast, coach. Uh, you're dedicated your life to helping others overcome depression, create goals, achieve personal success. I learned a new term. With over a hundred doors in his real estate portfolio. I did not know doors was a term for a house sold. Um, That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and if you listen a bigger pocket, that's, that's everything's referred to with doors there. So you know that's definitely that's a, too funny. A part Maybe it. It. it's like
1: the 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 realtor's version of bags. I've got bags. I've got doors. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I love it. Well, Joe, welcome to the show, The Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in the judgment-free zone using candor and humor. Um, why don't you tell us where you're from, a little bit about yourself, and uh, we can go from there.
0: Born and raised, um, but uh, you know that aside. I mean, I. Basically, my mission here is to help people in the mental health space, in the fitness space. I, one of the things, the story that I always remember was when I was younger, going through a breakup. And when you're like 16, 17, going through a breakup, there is pretty much nothing more tragic than that. Like <laughs> it is, at least in my it's, world. That, the
1: world is over.
0: Yeah. Oh, It's done, right? Like, you don't, you don't have a reason to live anymore. And me and my buddy, I remember we were working out together at that time. I remember thinking, I feel better, like I'm not so depressed when I'm working out. And I remember saying, if I could align working out with uh, mental health, I would just, I, I think this, there's something to this. And of course, you know, 20 years later, we're like, oh yeah, duh, like those things definitely align. Um, and so that's kind of my my focus, my mission, Help help men, help women, help them overcome things um, and, but using the physical fitness, kind of using the, the holistic approach, if you will, but that, so.
1: I love that. And I don't think that we focus on enough on how physical activity, uh, ties to or correlates with our mental health. Mm, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's time for a, an analogy or a metaphor or a description for you, Gary, who talked about it last week. He loves my descriptions because they're always insane. They go out into left field, but I'd like to use visualization as a way to understand how they can impact things. Yeah. And if we're a total person and say we're like uh, born as that little baby blanket and that was us going through life, we're going to go through water, we're going to go through dirt, we're going to go through mud, we're going to go through all these things and we need to clean ourselves. Well, the shower just doesn't do it all. Yeah. It might take off the surface, but that inside, when you wring out a sponge or wring out a towel, what happens? You see that muck that's on the inside of it. So when you get the opportunity to work out, to do yoga, to find all these different ways. You're just twisting your towel. Mm-hmm. You're just wringing it out. Mm-hmm. You're getting rid of that negative energy, the mental health issues, all those things. They don't have the same release valve. You can have a problem in the right side of your head that comes out in a run, yeah. you know, or yeah. you can have a depressive issue that comes out in a yoga twist. So, true. and you'll know it after you've done it for a while.
0: So true. So true and And I like the analogy one of my coaches told me is you know you can't always think your way into positivity sometimes you gotta act your way into positivity right and that goes right back to that subject is um there's been things I'll be dealing with mentally personally where i'm I'm just um you know just thinking about something over and over and over again with no real conclusion, no real help to it, and then I'll go work out, and then all of a sudden the conclusion comes like that right because we almost have to be in the right mm-hmm. state of mind to take on the, the conclusion that may be trying to get through to us. And if we're not in that state... It's called not or, thinking. Yeah, there you go. Our vibration is not going to be <laughs> in alignment with that. So we almost have to raise our vibration up to get to conclusion. so they, they align. So we're way down here physically and just emotionally, that, that, that truth that's trying to come through to help us, it, it may just shoot right over us until we can bring ourselves up
1: You know, once we come to the realization that we know the truth Mm. and that we're only hiding it from ourselves, then we can start to fully understand who we are. Mm. Because our Mm. mind is nothing but a big-ass liar there to block us from every linebacker issue that we have in life, you know, just holding itself up there. It's not doing anything but that, though. It's also taking up a new fucking job where it's blocking you from behind the side after work in the evening. You know when you get up in the morning, and it's not letting you what see what's in front of you. You dumbasses! No, sorry, no, we're not dumbass. (laughs) but we don't see. We've got a blocker in front of us that's telling us what's going on from over. A lot of us are dumbasses. Yep, you know. (laughs) It's it's easy to get in the rhythm of
2: just being a dumbass, especially when shit's comfortable you know? Yeah, bingo. You know, bingo. me have some yep. fucked up shit to happen to like reset and get back on track way, way too often where, you know, I'll fall off for two years and just, you know, it'll, it'll take something for me to be like, oh shit, I gotta get back on it, you know? And, uh, a lot of my friends never been on it or never will be, so at least I have a lot of people in this in this world <laughs> that push me towards that a lot, and, you know, and, and I know what to do at least, but think a lot yeah. of people just don't know and shit's intimidating. Uh, oh, and yeah. I'm around athletes every day. Mm. My friends that are nutritionists and everything, so they'll tell me. But if you're just Joe Schmo and you never had a friend that was a trainer, you've never been to the gym since you know junior high, it's like, I think it's hard to go just start.
0: Yeah, it, it can be. And you know, perfection is the enemy of execution, right? Like where we think we need to be perfect in order to do things um, to better ourselves. now, and and really, it's just taking that next step, just kind of pushing if if it's, you know, you don't walk today, take a twenty minute walk today, those type of things, because those are all gonna accumulate, you know, it's the small little wins that we need over and over um, to really bring us up. Now, luckily for me, I had a tragedy in my life that really kind of made that super clear. So um, we, about a decade ago, I lost my sister to a suicide. Um, and what was amazing about that is she was my only sister. We were very similar. We had very similar lives, uh, very similar backgrounds. So written. sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, but it has been one of the biggest lessons of my life because I saw when she was doing well mentally and what that looked like. And it was her working out. It was her having a purpose. It was her not over overdoing everything, not stressing herself out. And it was her not getting caught up in her own mental BS right? Like questioning her own thoughts, right? Like we, we sometimes will take Mm. our thoughts so seriously, uh, take ourselves so seriously and the things we're thinking. And a lot of times they are not, they're, they're cognitively dissonant. They're the, the cognitions are not correct. Right. Um, and sometimes I think the difference between people who are mentally healthy and mentally unhealthy is how seriously are they taking their own mind? (laughs) <laughs> and if you can listen to some negative thoughts sometimes and go, okay, these thoughts are coming in, but they're total BS or total bullshit. And compared to the person who latches onto those and goes, oh my God, it's true. I do suck. My life is terrible. You know, right. If, if you're able to kind of laugh those off. Until they let the it go.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's the snow globe, Gary. Okay. Oh. <laughs>
0: Yep. You've got. Sorry, I, I, I,
1: that's one of, one of my analogies is a snow globe Yep, where those are the, re- those are the things that are around you on the outside of the glass. And if you reach through it, that bubble and you grab it and pull it in becomes your reality for the duration until you put it back outside the bubble. I love that.
0: I absolutely love that. And that is it's so true. Sometimes we just got to let it settle, right? You got to let those, those snowflakes fall before we can kind of see things clearly again. Um, but you know that, so that tragedy has been a big lesson in my life, right? Because I can see where she was unhealthy mentally and I can see where she was healthy mentally. Um, and so those contrasts are extremely clear in my life. And so what I've decided in, uh, to do with this is to live my life in a way that promotes mental health, right, and, and exudes mental health. Me being I'm here right now, right, that promotes my own mental health because I'm speaking about something that is beneficial to me, beneficial to other people, and it, it clarifies my vision, it helps my thinking, um, just like the mindset stuff as well um you know whenever you're doing those types of things mm. it is just going to continue to compound and you know i get people struggle some people struggle more with weight some people than others right but some people struggle with mentally than others they have more of a pre pre you know disposition to that but at the end of the day we can really alter that by our activities by our actions and i'm not a huge like like For example, when DJ Twitch died, like I love how everybody was out there and they're just like, mental health matters, mental health matters. But it's almost like this abstract thing, like we have no idea of anything about, right? And I get there's a lot to learn, but we know specifically there are certain things that help us mentally, right? And those things need to be drilled in more into people's minds, like finding spirituality, finding your workout, finding talking to people like this opening up ourselves and, and growing. And these type of activities, I think should be talked about more, more, uh, investigated basically, because I think that would really, uh, support mental health as opposed to maybe just a bumper sticker that says, <laughs> you know, mental health matters or whatever, um, <laughs> you know.
1: my, my autism license plate or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I'm with you. Sure. But- and action mm-hmm. is the word there.
0: Yeah absolutely and i'm all for that i like students. i like what you're saying there it's just action it it is it, it really is and we got to act our way into positive thinking sometimes so um i've seen that in my own life and i've seen what i can do personally to affect my mental health and those are the things i promote in my in my group and what i try to do is to focus on those things to just improve that and and hopefully help more people along the way
2: how do you feel about getting this to younger and younger people, you know, in America, we don't learn mm. preventative maintenance on anything. It's like shit's broke, and You get sick and you're fucked when mm. you're 40. Now we start fixing everything. We don't like broccoli because we're told it's gross. Yeah. Like, we, you know, I, like I think it yeah. tastes good now. But mm. when it was presented in a certain type of way when I was yeah. younger, I was like, eh. you know, it, like, what do we do to start getting yeah. kids to talk about mental health, being healthier? And I mean, like the NFL, I worked with them like six or seven years ago on a program called Play 60. Or they went to kids' mm. or schools in Vegas and encouraged kids to play for 60 minutes a day. It's like a whole fucking millions mm. of dollars invested to get kids to play for 60 minutes a day. Right. Like, that shit's insane to me. You know, I'm 43. I grew up, you know, in the 80s. Cleveland, it was minus 15, and my mom was dragging my ass back inside. You know, like, mm. we just went and went and went. And, like, I think people felt a lot better. It might have been a little cold, but now I feel like oh, we got to figure out a way to get um, younger people to not learn all these bad habits and to start talking about things and, you know, and it's kind sure. of like, how do we start getting right. to the, you know, at least teenagers or preteens in, in a way that, you know, will prevent some of this stuff from happening. You know, our question, man.
1: And they got to, got to, they also have to do it while fighting the dopamine that is being forced down their throat mm. through social media and foods and things of that nature. Yep. So it's it's almost like they have to exercise, but they have to exercise fucking cart full of shit in it
0: and run forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's marketing. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good point. And the way our system and, and the way the world is set up right now is those quick dopamine hits. It's to, you know, it's to get something that you can get super easily, right? Without having to put any work in. Um, and... That's a million dollar question. You know, how do we get kids out to play again? How do we get them more in a healthy state? And the way I always look at it is like our ancestors, like even like a hundred years ago, what were we doing? We were working physically, right? We were using our bodies physically. What else were we doing? We had a community because if you didn't have a community, you were, you were dead. Right. And fast forward and we were eating all organic food, right? We were doing all these type of things. Fast forward a hundred years, we we're eating processed foods. We don't have a community because most people are isolated. Nobody's, you know, people are scared to talk to each other, especially guys, right? They're scared to open up about things. And then we're not working physically. So we've taken away the three things that are probably the most important part of being human and feeling normal, quote unquote. We've taken that away and we wonder why there are so many people struggling, right? Um, And so I think it's a service to our kids. I've, you know, I've got a a little kiddo Mm. and that's one thing that for sure I'm going to be focusing on with them is getting outside, having that community um, in and having fun and exploring that and exploring outside, right? Because I'm like you, I'm, I'm 38 now, but back in the day, we would just go outside all day long and just play because we, you know, we had Super Nintendo, but that, we didn't want to go in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I still don't play but video it, it games. It certainly wasn't the level of the games nowadays, you know, and I have no problem with video games. It's it's whatever. Like, I think everything in balance, but I think we, we just came way far away from that
1: balance there. So I think, One of the things that we're missing as a human or as a society is the word purpose. Because Mm -hmm. without that word, a lot of the things that we're asking people to accomplish, to become happy, they're doing without any internal drive. If you've got no flame, you've got no, you know, no ability to fuel a fire. Yes. Right. And that fire has to come somewhere within. Mm. I believe that that's authenticity. And I think that if we foster that in our younger generation and we say, look, you're perfect the way you are, the way you were born, the way that you came out. Now, find whatever it is that you feel the most passionate about as a child and just go. Mm -hmm. Go, go, go. Because it's going to take you to exercise. It's going to take you to success. It's going to take you to friendships. It's going to take you. 99% of the time, it's going to take you to a life of service. Yeah. Because that's where we find the most fulfillment. We see kids. Kids always want to give to each other. They want to share. They want to do all these things up until they're told that they have to have more than someone else in order to get favor. Mm -hmm. Up until then, they're all just in the same bowl, enjoying life. So I think if we tell our kids that they need to be themselves authentically, they're going to find a lot of purpose and they're going to be able to have that base level happiness to work from and really achieve much bigger goals other than just getting out of the chair dude absolutely man and the big why right the big purpose that's everything
0: right there um and that does not discuss enough and i couldn't agree 100 you know more that is i i totally agree with that and that's a big part of the whole kind of message that I talk about is finding that purpose. And even not just with younger kids, but with older, older people as well. Um, once you find that, you get drive and you get motivation and you get focus. Um, and to have a purpose is pretty much everything. And one of the things I always talk about is like our purpose, our your our purposes are unique and yet they're all the same. And to me, our our purpose ultimately is to become the best version that we can be, our best unique self that we can be. And like you said, that requires us being physically fit, uh, mentally fit, emotionally fit. Because when we do that, uh, we end up exuding our own unique talent, our own unique self, right? Like, it's not a comparison Mm. thing. And I think with the self-improvement space, a lot of people get into that mindset where they're like, well, I don't want to have six pack, or I don't want to look like this, or I don't want to have, you know, millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. Well, then don't, right? It's who cares? It's basically what you truly can be in your own heart, what you truly want to be, and then going for that, just like you said there. And people have been kind of lost in that. And I think some of that comes from the comparison that we have in this world. Um, In comparison, a lot of people will look at the idea of like, oh, you know, if I'm looking at somebody way up here, I feel bad about myself. And that's true, right? Because we're comparing Mm. ourselves to somebody higher. But it's also true on the other end of the spectrum where Sometimes our friends are at such and such level, like Gary was saying. You know, cer- certain people he's around and stuff. And if you try to rise above that, you're like, eh, maybe I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting a little high for my friends. I might want to bring myself down a little bit, uh, you know, in in certain ways and stuff. And so comparison will also limit us. And the the story I always like to tell is like, what happened if Gandhi said he just wanted to be a little bit better than his friends? <laughs> You know, what happened if, if Jesus just said he wanted to build a few more houses than his father or whatever, right? Like, and he's just like, that's my goal in life. And he was comparing himself to these people, which his unique purpose, his unique self and his unique goal in life was so far beyond everybody around him. Nobody could compare it to him. And, but he just became the best version of himself. And ultimately, why do we become the best version of ourselves To give that gift to the world. We want to give ourselves to the world, every aspect of ourselves. And when you wake up knowing that if I'm putting in the best food in my body, if I'm giving myself the best mental health possible, physical health, reading, learning, growing, that I'm going to just be a savage and I'm going to be able to give out this amazing version of myself to everybody that I love, even people I don't know yet that I love, right? Because I believe ultimately we're going to meet new people that later on, we're going to be like, damn, I had an impact in your life. And I, and I didn't realize I love you, but I love you. Like, you're awesome, you know? So we are we are giving the best version of ourselves out to be to as of the purpose. And I think we all have that ability, whatever level we're at, whatever um, our unique purpose can be, that can that can definitely guide right through all of those. So I appreciate you bringing that up.
2: Back to like a hundred years ago, like you had to be good enough to just survive at a, a point. You had to be strong enough. Or smart enough or work hard enough to like figure it out to get fucking meat milk and have a right. roof and fire shit you know so that, at some level you had to be at least x good to to not die so at some yeah. point like most a lot of people's purpose was just survival and there was the people around that rose to much more but like, now it's like it's so easy to not even have to get your own food or water or shelter or or like really anything that like it's, you don't have to even lift anything ever if you don't want to, or go anywhere or build anything or, you know, it's it at some date in the 1920s or 30s or 40s, like at some point in the last 150 years, it has changed, I think, where survival wasn't really that hard anymore. And then we just started right. getting softer and softer and lazier and,
1: so we removed right those basic needs that have to be met through the technologies that we've created and the hard work to lay a foundation where life isn't a grind to exist I'm just curious when did we stop just going outside to play Mm. like can't this replace a lot of the bullshit that we're talking about yeah like we've created a whole fucking plethora of dumb shit that we do as humans that we don't need to to exist why can't we go out and be kids yeah. why can't we run out there and right. just fucking kids. play and chase each other around and laugh? That. there's your exercise go play fucking lightsabers gary pointed that out to me we had a guy that used to be on the or that was on the show all back sam suarez he's from ink masters or one of those um and in uh-huh. his off time he plays, uh, you know, he does a lot of film work, but he also loves lightsabers, and he's always running around with them and swinging them at shit. And I'm like, "That's what we're supposed to do." <laughs>
0: I like, love that man. You
1: can't be happier than when you're sword fighting your fucking buddy. Right, right. Yeah. And that, and that that, uh, that came out wrong. That's though. a different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're This
0: is not the only fans
2: here. We are <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Well,
1: I mean it's all in the eye and the yeah, beholder it's
2: And now it's in the eye <laughs> it holding its eyes now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
1: that's it. That's the rule though. You never make eye yeah. contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what
0: she said for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, <it's> a- <laughs> <laughs> So we were helping society and now we're just doing That is That is so
0: (laughs) awesome. and so true, right? Like we got to play. Definitely got to play. We do. To piggyback on that, it's something I always say, if if we're taking life too seriously, we're not going to have energy to take life seriously, right? Like if we don't realize metaphysically that everything's okay, that we're okay, that we're connected to each other, we're connected to our creator, ultimately at the end of this, we return back to that. If we have that kind of outlook in life, like a metaphysical playing field, everything's all right. And if we're taking life way too seriously, we're not going to have energy to take life seriously. We're not going to be able to enjoy and become the best version of ourselves because we're going to be too damn stressed out. And I think the, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, has a wonderful sense of humor. Our life down here is kind of like a big game. So ultimately, if we have that attitude in life, non-seriousness, fun enjoy. We're going to be able to accomplish way more than if we're taking this whole dream way too seriously. So anyway, I had to piggyback on that idea there.
1: No, no, you're right. There's a Chinese philosophy, I think, that says worry is preposterous. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a Taoism or something like that. But it makes perfect sense because worry is not rooted in the now. Worry is rooted in the future, Mm. which doesn't exist. Mm. It's always now. Mm. You're spinning yarns in your head or your mind is trying to throw that blocker out there in advance, speaking lies over his shoulder, yep. right? Yep. And that's just how we exist day to day. Yep. I did want to switch topics a little bit because I have one of the things that you've done with your life I'm super fascinated with. And I, I think that people could benefit from hearing this. Yep. Um, and is that, that's that you are a spiritual counselor in the Denver jail system, is that correct? It is, yeah. That,
0: yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I did that for about 10 years uh, pre- until COVID hit, uh, which means I would go in there about once or twice a week and meet with, with inmates and talk to them and just kind of help them through their, their struggles and um, kind of walk them through uh, maybe becoming better versions of themselves. And I talked to everybody. I mean, I talked to murderers, I talked to uh, uh, rapists, I talked to the, the whole gamut, right? Um, and the funny thing is, mm. is a lot of times people view criminals as being sociopathic in the sense of like, and, and I'm sure there's some of that there, like obviously there's probably a lot of that there, a lot of selfishness, a lot of, mm. of, of not thinking about other people's feelings. But what I learned from talking years and years these guys that basically they hold on to so much guilt that they end up self sabotaging that guilt was the start of their self sabotage like for example i knew a guy he was getting out in in a few months and he had you know a job lined up he had his whole life lined up he ends up going out and and getting some some pruno which is like alcohol that you can get in jail gets drunk like a week before his probation, gets caught, and then ends up doing another five years. And I find out why, like, what the hell, man? Like, why would you do this to yourself? You, you've lived, you know, a certain way and you, you've done all this work to get out and now you just completely blew it. And really, I think inside is he just had this negative self view of himself that he didn't feel worthy of anything more, right? And so what my job in there was trying to expose them to their real self, trying to expose them to the higher self, to their true attention, behind the ego, behind the mask, if you will. Um, And once we were able to connect with that, then people stopped self-sabotaging and they actually started living a better life and they started making better decisions. So, um, And of course, I utilize that as well in my own life. If I'm starting to self-sabotage, Probably some self hatred going on. Something I haven't forgiven myself for, some some kind of guilt I'm holding on in my own heart. And uh and I wash out for that because we are our own worst enemies and our own best friends. But yeah, that's that's one lesson from that. So
2: and people get institutionalized. I mean, they drop you off with ninety bucks mm. at the fucking bus stop and tell you good luck and been in there for seven years and your family's gone, you don't have a job, you know you're unemployable, you know yep. it's uh, yep. people freak the fuck out about that all the time, and at least you got oh, yeah. you know, not to be too cliche, but three hots in a fucking cotton somewhere like Denver or while yep. where I'm from, it's fucking cold they drop you off in December at the Greyhound station mm. like shit, you might stab someone to go right back, yeah it, yeah, just to go back, yeah, yeah I mean I, I I've heard of people going to get their teeth fixed,
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a rough spot. <laughs> I'm in
1: Florida, so I, I can see why you're either baking your brains here or you're up there freezing them, one or the other, but we've talked about how there is a direct flight from Ohio to Florida. Like there's some kind of path that has been forged between those a White two Trash Express.
0: People don't realize, man. Ohio is is Sketchville, man. So we, so I'm a real estate investor as well. But we have a, we had a duplex out there in certain spots, right? Ohio's nice spots too, obviously. But we we don't really have ghettos like we do in Colorado, like you guys do in Ohio, man. So I was in Indianapolis. And we had we bought this duplex, and I swear on everything, it was right next to a trap house. And the guys running drugs in and out. I'm watching crack hits come in and out and he comes out and i start talking to him he's actually a really nice guy you know whatever but he's like it he was a total trap his family oh yeah and he's telling me hey you know we watch each other's backs in this neighborhood i'm just so glad you're here blah 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 and i'm just like damn you guys go hard in ohio man so people don't know people don't know. i mean
2: it's like in cleveland there's you know in the metropolitan area is 1.7 million people there's already over 700 abandoned apartment complexes 10,000 abandoned homes um, Every mall I ever went to as a kid is abandoned. Every place I used to play wow. is gone. My elementary schools wow. are all gone. Oh, this sounds
1: like a place I would have loved as a kid to run around and explore while it's all yeah, and empty. So you throw a
2: toilet through yeah. the wall and a hundred rats bail out and fucking attack you. Oh. Uh, and then you have nightmares for years. <laughs> this it sounds like a true happen. story. And it's, I have nightmares to this day, but um, it, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's uh, talk about mental health and shit. You know, imagine everything's gone. You're know, you walking past 10 blocks of abandoned buildings to go to school to, you know, wait outside for an hour and a half, you know, when the metal detectors don't work, you got no books, you know, there's no stalls anymore. There's just three toilets up against the wall. There's not even a fucking door on the bathroom anymore.
1: Prepping you for open pee and in yeah, jail. It's like,
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a nightmare in those places. Yeah. Um, you have to wear your coat the whole day because the, yeah, it's a, it, it's it's rough, and that uh you know oh, mm. more people like you going to invest and invest in buying real estate and stuff. Like I mean, you need it somehow because the industries are all gone, and you know <laughs> even in like Chicago places like that they're big enough to like have some business there. But the Gary, Indiana's and Toledo's and Youngstown's and Cleveland's like there's not much you know really left there. So, so it's it's going to be a huge shift to yeah.
1: You know, Nobody's pulling anybody up out of there nah. either. They're not. They're not going in there and saying, looking for what we left behind. Well, I don't
2: want to get too political. I normally don't. You have, yeah, you know, you have a, a system that's meant to just give people just enough um, and nothing to, to do much more. So, you know, it's uh,
1: until you become undesirable. I mean, you yeah. Need the
2: vote. You know, and, yeah. and The, you know, the yeah. it's it's rough. There's no jobs even if you want one. Really, mm. we're not taught entrepreneurship of any you know yeah. sort except from the drug dealers, honestly. And uh, it's like, it's getting getting pretty rough in like 80% of this country that are, you know, the flyover states. But it's about to like really be a problem, I think, because no water.
1: Places like Mississippi, Arkansas, all that stuff. They're they're forgotten, man. It's still backwards there. That's what people don't realize. One of the things that sticks out to me is I grew up, you know, poor. So you didn't get the same... Things that you got in the middle class or the upper class. And one of those things is technology, right? We take for Mm -hmm. granted that technology comes with money, right? So the Mm -hmm. race started for everybody else in the country about 20 years ago. The race started or everybody else got the gun in Mississippi, Arkansas, and all these other places. When phones got given out with welfare and they first internet connection they ever had in their life, and now Mm -hmm. they're being force-fed so much rhetoric and BS on social media because guess what? Picture's worth a thousand words. You know, Randy Mm -hmm. out in fucking Mississippi reading through his social media feed for the first fucking time in a generation, you know, in his family is going to believe that Hillary Clinton has octopus legs that nobody knows about (laughs) because there's a picture of it. You know and, I know, and we're just living there's this life where we're ignoring chance, that. There's a
2: good chance he does. <laughs> it's yeah. P- Probably.
1: I don't well, know what you're yeah. I'm just and making we all, shit up, we all know that's what
0: people believe. We all know this is this is a fact. now. No. <laughs> just
2: kidding. It is, <laughs> man, <laughs> man. I'm making a shirt. <laughs> I, I 100% he's going to spend four hours on that. <laughs> I would go down the rabbit hole of Hillary Clinton's octopus.
0: If you like small town mystery, crazy news, and wild history, then the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast is for you. Each week, Josh Mills and Wayne McCarty bring you the absolute best Florida has to offer. So if you're looking for a show that's safe for the family, but funny enough to help you escape everyday life, then listen to the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. That's Florida Men plural
2: on Florida Man podcast.
0: Yeah, no, it it's definitely an issue with that because people don't have the the idea to be able to validate things right, like through through truth. And what's sad about that too is it just continues to isolate us. That's why I, I personally like I I mm. have my political beliefs, blah, blah, blah. But I try to just keep it kosher because I want everybody to come to me. I don't I want the the hardcore right-wing Republican to come to me. I want the hardcore uh left wing liberal to come to me, I want everybody open because I feel like at the end of the day, people are struggling with the exact same things, right? What, whatever your political belief, and that's that's a big issue is people think they're so different. Like, oh I believe this here and they believe this here. So we're just, you know, oil and water. When in reality we all have the same loves, we all have the same problems, we all have the same uh self um issues, you know, self-confidence issues. And we all are looking for the same purpose. And so to kind of get beyond all that, but but like you said, in this world with the, the internet and especially the way the algorithms work now, where everything's kind of dialed into what you already believe, mm. it's very easy to become an echo chamber and not be able to reach the other side or not be able to talk to anybody else, right? Like, so it's it's really a problem.
2: Yeah, you sit down and have a beer. I laugh
1: when you said algorithm. Yeah. Sorry. I
2: was going to say, you sit down and have a beer with a guy like... A couple hours later, you're probably going to see a lot closer to to eye-to-eye than you did before. You know? I think absolutely. You might think that's my mortal enemy, but you just get to talking and have a couple beers or whatever and think people's minds change really quick.
1: I like to compare experiences to lenses. And (laughs) while we can't wear, like, somebody else's or see somebody else's exact viewpoint, I think that open conversations are kind of like you know how when you sit down with your friend and you try on their glasses and you're like, fuck, you're blind or I can't <laughs> yeah. see, Yeah, you know, or you're, 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 having like, you're, you're doing this thing. That's the same thing as trying to get somebody's viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Their experiences are their prescription. Yeah. Yep. You can't wear somebody else's fucking prescription lenses unless you're fucking twins or some shit. Right. Right. So you're never going to be able to get the same viewpoint. Mm. Oh, I like that. I'm going to hold on to that. That That is a really good
0: analogy. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Couldn't agree more. And that's the kind of problem we're having now is, you know, everybody's got, they're just getting the echo chamber of whatever their belief system already is. So it's just getting more and more ingrained. um, And people are feeling more Mm. and more disconnected from each other. Like, I, I don't know if you guys got big families, but in my family, like there's always like, everybody's pissed off because somebody else's political beliefs. I'm like, who gives a shit, you know, right? Like, Let's, we're family. Like, you know, Let's get beyond that. Yeah. But, oh, did you hear what Aunt Debbie did? She, she put out some blah, blah, blah thing. And, you know, and I'm like, God, get over it. Like, she's your aunt. Like, What if she dies tomorrow? Are you going to be happy that she you know, hated Trump
1: or loved Trump or whatever? Like <laughs> reaching over an emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some meme. <laughs> I remember some meme. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, and we get real world fight or flight issues that happen whenever we get into these experiences. People don't understand a meme can fucking affect you just as bad as a saber-toothed tiger did.
0: Dude, yeah. Because yeah. it's
1: all relative now. Yeah. It's yep. all relative. You mm. see something that shocks, hurts, appalls you, or makes you fear for your life, you're getting the same fucking terror that you would if a saber-toothed tiger was looking you up and down. Right. And then you've got to go back into reality and put yourself back in check and play the game again with acting like you didn't look a saber-toothed tiger in the face. Very true very true. And
0: again, I think that comes back to if we are dialed in with our purpose, like, and this is something I've noticed when I'm really Mm -hmm. dialed in all the, the other stuff kind of, I get tunnel vision and that stuff easily falls off my back. But when I'm not in my purpose, when I'm not trying to be the best version of myself, I will get caught in these little weird tangents and I'll be the guy arguing on Facebook Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's like, man, that is totally not my purpose here to argue with somebody on Facebook. Like, I have much bigger things to do. And that's always a check for me to know like, Hey, am I, am I off track here? And that's one thing I noticed too, like with my sister, I always, I always reference her because I knew when she was in a bad place and when she was in a bad place, man, she was arguing with everybody. She was pissed off at everybody. And mm-hmm. I see that, you know, and I'm like, okay, that is not where I want to be because I know that's not healthy. I get that. We, we have to stand for our beliefs and we have to have, you know, we have to stand for something, obviously. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of hills that you do not want to die on in this world because for me, I'm trying to climb Everest, right? I have a journey that is only for me. You have a journey that's only for you and we have to be prepared. We have to be uh, mentally prepared for this journey. We have to be emotionally prepared for this journey and wasting my emotions and times on some other damn hill that will just get me off my own Everest is a total waste of, of energy and a total waste of of mind bandwidth that could be utilized to live my best life, enjoy my best life, and give my best self out to other people. You know?
1: Mm. You've got to take on things in the now. I mean, you can have all the causes you want in the world, but if you're dreaming about how great they're going to be 20 years Mm. from now and you're not spinning shit in the now, Mm. then you're just fucking wasting your time. You're giving yourself anxiety about what you haven't accomplished when all you have to do is literally stand up put pen to paper, and do it every day. So true. You get up, and if that was your purpose, you wouldn't fucking matter if you were putting pen to paper because you enjoy it. Mm. And if you sit there and do it, sit there and do it, eventually you've got a fucking scroll a mile long, and everybody's reading it a mile away from you, and they're following your path. They're going where you've gone because all you did was fucking action. Action, action, action. Everything else is just a fucking myth. It's a game it's make-believe the earth is a fucking insane asylum prove me wrong <laughs>
0: you are so right you are so right that's a one of the, the teachings i really love is a course in miracles i don't know if anybody's ever studied that at all and it's it's not necessarily religious it's very psychological the lady who who uh basically channeled the teaching was a psychologist in new york uh i think she was at harvard or something but she was very high level and basically as you're reading the course it says there's a part in it that says you can congratulate yourself because you're no longer fully insane anymore, <laughs> which I, I love because I am like it's so true. That's not something I'm gonna put on my resume. I'm not I'm, I'm not hundred insane anymore, <laughs> but it is true man. We live a wild.
1: <laughs> the right person reading that though, uh, you know what? I would argue if you felt that you should write it on there because it was funny or in the moment you just wanted it on that sheet, somebody out there was supposed to receive that you missed a, you missed the mark (laughs) because i I always say that when you're walking through the store if you feel like giving somebody a high five that high five was somebody else's depression that needed to be plugged (sighs) that's that's it you knew you were supposed to be high-fiving that person but you went somebody's gonna fucking judge me for being a corny white guy giving a high five in target when that person that you wanted to high-five just had their fucking dad die. Yeah. Or their dog die. Or, you know, maybe they're dealing with something at work, but you give them that one little turning point, or maybe that high five becomes a friendship. You never fucking know.
2: Yeah.
0: You are so I right. I, that, I people. love that, man. And what a cool, cool idea there. And coming out of our comfort zone, right? Coming out of our shell to do something like that. Um, that's one thing I've learned from the whole social media posting is man, I have some fears about coming out and explaining how I felt and explaining who I am. And, and sometimes I'll put something out there and I'm like, God, who's going to see this? Are they going to judge me? Or are they going to think I'm weird because I'm talking about anxiety or I'm talking about whatever? And man, the people that have written me and been like, dude, I needed to hear that like today. Like what you said helped me two days. Like mm. you don't know what's going on with them, right? Like they could have, who knows? They could have been uh, contemplating something horrible that day. And you came out with something that you thought was corny or you thought people were yeah. going to judge you. And at the end of the day, that's just me facing myself, having courage. And that's just as hard as doing that extra rep in the gym, right? All of it, all the small things affect the big things. If we're doing the hard thing in the gym, the small things, if we're doing the hard thing on the diet, it's going to affect the big things and being able to be the best of ourselves, being able to give that high five in the store, even though we feel uncomfortable, but you're something inside is telling you to do it. That's what it's all about, right? Because, you know, who cares at the end of the day about six pack abs? Who cares about being ripped? All that stuff doesn't matter, but it does help you mentally to do the things that is your true purpose. Because if you can overcome that pain in the gym, well, pain of uncomfort, discomfort, you're going to be able to spread that out into other aspects of your life. So I love that, man. And what a cool, cool thing that you said that. Cause I, that's definitely something I'm going to take into play. I'll be high five and, old ladies at Walmart now, so I appreciate that, brother.
1: (laughs) No problem. It's for (laughs) free. I give these out. They sit in my head in like the corners of... (laughs) But you know, my wife laughs all the time because for the longest time, I lived my life trying to hide who I was because I was bullied and made fun of for who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, any of my natural inclinations to be out you know, extroverted or to, you know, make people laugh or be closer to people was always told that I was, you know, out of line or that's not cool or whatever it is. Um, And I think that there's a certain amount of correctness to you have to go through certain things throughout life in order to find your purpose. Um, Mm. I wouldn't be able to give anybody anything if I didn't have experiences in my past. To give me any kind of lens, just so the lens to just see that people are wearing lenses. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know shit about shit, but I do know that everybody's playing the game together and not everybody knows they're playing the game. And that's mm-hmm. not cool. So mm-hmm. if we kind of just put a sign up and says, yo, everybody, this is a game, then maybe, maybe some people won't get fucking fooled anymore. Yeah. Dude.
0: So suckered in. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, like the idea of of life being a game. Um, So I wrote a book called The Storyteller. And it's basically about a young man who finds his purpose in life. Um, And he meets kind of like a guru type who explains, you know, a little bit about what his purpose is. Refugio. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, I appreciate you remember that. So he basically what the, the old man explains to him at one point is he says like, Refugio is asking when he says, what would life, what is this life? Like, why, how do I exist in this world now that I know I'm eternal, now that I know I'm a a spiritual being having a Mm. temporary human experience? And basically what he says is this life, if you look at it almost like a video game, where you're playing the game, um, things are going on, you know, and we're totally identified with the character. We believe we are this character in the game. But in reality, you're sitting safe and sound back on the couch, you know, everything's okay, right? Like everything will be okay. When you die, when the game is over, when you die in the game, you're still safe and sound on the couch. What has happened is we've forgotten that we are safe and sound on the couch. We've forgotten that we're eternal. We forgot we're connected to God. And we've become so identified in this player in the game that we, we get so worked up about the game itself. It's reality. But here's the other crux. We can almost take, and I I had a very spiritual background where I was really into meditation, uh, like three hours a day. I was almost going to be a monk for a while. Mm. And I almost took the other route, wow, where I was so pulled back that I was no longer playing the game anymore. And that's also not it, right? That's also not the place to be. Because why do we play games in the first place? For the fun of them. Why do we join this life Mm. in the first place? For the fun of it. For the challenge, for the experience, this is a place where duality. We wanted duality. We wanted to experience you, me, uh, having limitations, having to overcome these limitations, having to overcome these challenges. And to me, that's what the ultimate "quote unquote" enlightenment is: is knowing it's a game and playing our best version of ourselves in that game. Not just sitting in a cave and ignoring the game. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. But also not getting so in invested in the player that you're so anxious and and depressed when things happen. So it's that kind of balance there, the kind of uh, middle path as as the Buddha said.
1: You know, I love that you brought this up because I think that you're speaking to a a certain group of people because we are looking backwards and we're trying to say that we want to help those that have had no opportunity to get discernment of some sort, Mm. right? Because with discernment comes distance. Mm -hmm. And I think that A lot of times it's easy to get stuck in the mire when you do come to this conclusion or you do have a certain amount of self-awareness, comes through mindfulness, meditation, whatever, could be plant medicine, doesn't matter. Whatever gives you that discernment, Mm -hmm. it can also put you on an island. I like looking at history. We've seen like those CEOs or that CFO or that random person That just fell off the grid, went to Mexico and started selling or renting surfboards, right? Even though they had everything on the other side. And I think that with discernment comes that choice. Mm. I can either go sell surfboards or I can go sell discernment. Mm. Those are your two choices. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people, fuck it. Maybe they're supposed to go sit back and relax. Maybe they did fucking 10 lifetimes. Of fucking coal mining. And this time they were supposed to get the fucking, you know, the aha moment. Right. And go sit out there and fucking rent surfboards. Yep. Or maybe they're supposed to meet somebody out there and give them a chance to rent surfboards. Who the fuck knows? Yep. You know, it's discernment can be scary though. Mm. It can be very scary because you feel like you're speaking a different language. Mm. And you are. I think that we're evolutionary beings and... With that also comes spiritual evolution. Mm. And I believe that with those, we take on different sets of energy at each toll gate. And at those toll gates, there are languages. You're gifted with a new language at each gate, but Mm. it comes at a price, right? You cannot speak the new language to anybody that is not there yet. Mm. You can only speak the language to everybody that's with you. You know the language of the people behind you, Mm. but they don't know your new language. So you have to translate from then on out. You're on an island from then on Mm. out because you don't get to share the happiness you have on the other side. But the happiness is actually reaching a hand back and giving them the opportunity to find discernment. So they can join you at the party on the other side. But there are languages. Languages are a bitch. And it's energetic languages. It's karmic languages. It's all these things that we don't get that nobody's. It's that prescription again. It's prescription lenses. No hmm. two people are going to see things the same.
0: Right. And and I, I so, love that you find nah, so many analogies and metaphors because that's, that's really the language of spirituality, right? You have to use analogies. You have to use metaphors. To come where people are at, you know, so I love mm. that you do that because I think that almost they're like, oh, glasses, I understand glasses, therefore, I understand their, you know, has to do with my perception. So um, using those type of analogies is, is super beneficial of that. So
1: my um, cousin. He, the least descriptive term he gave me as a superhero name and it was Captain Describo. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man, oh, couldn't like come up with like something descriptive. He's like, that's the point of it. <laughs> <That is awesome. laughs> it's the least descriptive. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so, um, that is perfect. Yep. I want to give you a chance mm-hmm. to talk about what it is that you're working on right now um, and where everybody can find you, what they can expect by working with you and, to go from there
0: awesome man i appreciate that and you guys have been great like I, I love your guys energy i love where your heads are at um and i think more of this needs to happen like i think more open dialogues about spirituality about uh, who we truly are about being the best version of ourselves needs to come out because mm. uh men of all ages we're struggling we're struggling to find our purpose we're struggling to know who we are inside we're struggling with comparison we're struggling with loneliness right all these different things And it's podcasts like this that are truly going to be the bridge that I think are going to pull a lot of men out of their own, you know, uh, self and their own like kind of negative thinking patterns to go, wow, there's maybe something different. And Mm so for me personally, you, you can find me on mental health underscore fitness dad. Um, and it's basically a fitness page, but it's also a mindset page. It's also, um, a, a spiritual page. We go into all of it, and I try to look at everything holistically. Um, and you know the so the program I run is a um, it's basically like a month to month program where you get with me. We meet daily. We talk about where your goals are at. We work on your physical fitness goals. We also work on your mindset goals. We work on vision, creating a vision for your future, um, and work on any letting go any limitations in your mind that may be holding you back from that future. And work on your health in all all forms and fashions. The first part of my program is about pain. So we actually do things that are kind of painful. uh, But they release dopamine. They actually help you. So at times, it could be taking a cold shower. At another time, it could be putting yourself out there and meeting new people. That can be painful, right? Putting yourself out there. So we face that pain head on. Therefore, we can become the best version of ourselves. Because once we face it head on, we realize, man, that thing I've been running from really wasn't that bad. And and now I I just broke the limitations that I thought I had. And now the things that I truly want to be, the thing that's in my own conscience to be seems more attainable, whereas before it seemed so far away. So we really try to break through those limitations to give people a chance to become their own unique purpose, right? To become their own unique self. We want to support that in every way possible, giving them the discipline, giving them the motivation and the vision to to do that. Um, and so that's basically what my program is. It's to help people on that path.
1: That's beautiful, man. Yes. Beautiful. Gary, you have any questions you want to, uh, wrap up with? It might be kind of to
2: turning to a long question, but since, you know, fitness dad is in your moniker and everything, how did you change once you became a dad? Did your mission change
0: Love it. in, in mm-hmm. any
2: way, or did it just energize you more or how did things change?
0: No, I love that. It, it did energize me more because I, I realize kids and and adults as well, we learn from from looking at people, right? Like uh, the idea that one of the topics I was talking about yesterday was we in this world of so much knowledge, like we can look up so many things on the internet. We have endless amounts of knowledge in this world where knowledge is, is so accessible. We need more examples. We need more people living their true selves. Yeah and un- unapologetically, unafraid to, you know, like you were saying, um, to high five, Jay, you know, to high five somebody in the store. We need more people to be that because we learn by seeing those type of people. And if my son looks at me and sees, hey, my dad followed his passion. My dad followed his heart. He lived the purpose that he felt in his own heart was true. And he was unafraid about that. That's going to give him motivation to do the same thing. So I, I definitely, live mm-hmm. that as a, um, hopefully to be an example in a positive way for him. Um, so that has definitely energized me. It's energized me in the health in the mental uh, and emotional state as well to just be the best version of myself. So he can hopefully watch those habits, watch those disciplines and take those on when he is older as well. So great question, Gary.
1: Awesome. I love that. Be a lighthouse. Yeah, I say it all the time. Damn near every show. You got to be a lighthouse. Give everybody a Mm path. You don't have to draw a whole bunch of lines to get there. Just stand in place, do your thing, and people will fucking follow you. They'll find where you are, and they'll start to erect their own lighthouse. Exactly. Exactly. I I can't thank you enough, Joe. I genuinely appreciate you. We need more people like you. Thank you, brother. Um, the, The fact that you spent all that time with the people that we've segregated from society as the undesirables and saw the fact that it's simply a systemic upbringing, and, and different ways that people are held back in some way, shape, or fashion. Whether it be you know epigenetic or in this current generation or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. there's not many people that uh, that will take that step inside of those walls and have those conversations. And I appreciate you for that because, and I know they do as well. Mm. Um, yeah, there's I I can't even put it into words. Mm. That to me was one of the things that stuck out to me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate you for doing that because they're humans. Oh, 100%. And, and they're, they're us. They're us with a left
0: turn versus a right you Sure, absolutely right. And, and we always want to know how we heal ourselves. It's through healing, healing others, right? And if we heal the worst 100%. aspect of our quote unquote worst aspect of ourselves, you know, externally, that really we're just projecting out. We heal that. We actually just healed the worst aspect of ourselves. We healed our own shadow. We healed our own, because we all have that, right? I have the ability to completely Mm -hmm. take a left turn and just go in a very tragic direction as far as uh, a negative direction. We all have that dark side to us. But if you're able to love that and and find those people out, and even though externally they look like inmates or they look like murderers or whatever, and I'm able to look at that guy and still see God in that guy, I just saw it in myself and I've just healed myself. So ultimately that's what mm. it's all about.
1: It's so cool giving back because there's no downside internally. Yeah. Like it's so narcissistic. Once oh, I figured that out, sure. I was like, dude, <laughs> if I just keep doing things for people, yeah. I feel fucking great. Oh, it's, so, dope, it's dope. that's the yeah. that's that's the CTA of the day. Go see Joe and um go uh give something back. Pay it forward some way, shape, or form. Be a little narcissistic. (laughs) Make yourself feel good by making somebody else feel good. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Be cool and keep learning. Love you guys. I appreciate you. Here, really appreciate it.